You are now in the Corner Booth Podcast, a sports podcast from Billy Up Sports and the Billy Up Podcast Network. Here's your host, Jared Clay. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Corner Booth Podcast. I'm your host, Jerry Clem, alongside the crew, Savannah Dean and Kevin Langley. Big show. We have a monster amount of, uh, of beer to consume tonight, as in our eight-pack, because there were so many good games, we could not narrow it down to six. And then on top of that, we've got some news from the NFL, Major League Baseball, and Kevin, Kev's got some weird crap, and I've got a... Uh, Good last call, so let's get rock and rolling. Guys, Thursday Night Football tonight, Cowboys and Bears is only Dallas. The line is Dallas minus three. If I'm a betting man, I'm taking Chicago because something about Thursday Night Football, I just – both teams are sliding, but it seems like the Cowboys are sliding harder than the Bears are. I think part of the reason that the Cowboys are sliding harder than the Bears – is early in the season, the Cowboys' schedule was so easy, they looked like a legit team. Most people knew they weren't, but it just looks, based on just the eye test, like, you know the Bears going in, they had Mitch at quarterback, they weren't going to do much. I still have the Cowboys, I think this could be, a, they could turn it around maybe, at least try to win the garbage NFC East. Savannah, what do you think? I think that Chicago's been on a little bit of comeback back sadly so I think I'm going to pick Chicago I don't think it, home field really has anything to do with it in this game I just think Dallas has been kind of on a downfall and Chicago's kind of been go, uh, on a comeback so I got to pick Chicago I think it all comes down to which Chicago Bear defense shows up because last week Mitch looked okay against a decent uh, Detroit Lions defense um Everyone's talking about the line. Um, Kevin brought up the fact that schedule, the Cowboys' that schedule was so easy earlier in the season, and he's completely right. Basically, they played the only like tough team they played in the first six weeks was a Philadelphia defense that was missing their entire secondary and two of their linebackers and one of their D tackles. So, if you want to really look at it, they basically didn't really play a hard game until week seven or eight. So Kev's completely right. And the other thing I, I think about is. The Bears got in, they got lit up by a third stringer, and they know it. And I think now they realize they're out of the playoffs, basically. So why not just try to take a haymaker shot at the Cowboys on national television? So I got the Bears. I think it's going to be like something crazy, like a strip sack or Eddie Jackson pick six. It's going to be something like that's going to be a pure electric factory. But I got I got the Bears sneaking this out. So Savannah, you're picking the Cowboys, right? Bears. Oh, damn it. Yeah, Kev, we tried. She tried. Oh, wait, no. No, actually, we established this last week, ladies and gentlemen. Kev, Savannah tried to jinx the, the LSU Tigers with her curse, and it didn't work. And I told her, it only works for good. Only when it's games that I want teams to lose or where, like, I don't have enough involvement. So, like, LSU, that's my that's my backup school when my Miami Hurricanes are bad because I almost went. I was going to go there. And the Raiders, I mean, yeah, I would feel good when the Eagles aren't playing, but not enough involvement. But Savannah, I'm hoping, I'm hoping this doesn't work because I really am pulling for the Bears tonight. Also because I have off tomorrow, so I'm probably gonna watch the whole game. I may be very disappointed. Um, next up, we got Odell Beckham in the news today. Uh, Savannah, Savannah's boyfriend Cody is probably loving the fact we're ripping on the Browns so much lately. Um. He said today, after all the rumors and all the things, he doesn't want to play anywhere else. I'm not buying it. I Odell's Odell's whole time in Cleveland has been the Orange Rolls Royce, the watches, the sneakers, the visors. He's been trying to make sure he still stays relevant. The dude could sneeze the wrong direction in New York and cl- catch a headline on page six. In Cleveland... He to get national media news, he has to do something ballsy. So I feel like he wants so badly for John Dorsey to be like, you know what? Good. I'll trade you for an offensive lineman. I still have a conspiracy theory that th- this was how Roseman's playing the entire time to get Odell and free in next year in the trade trade 
in the offseason or to New England or to some team, even the Rams, that would make a move for him. Odell wants to be in a big market, and I feel like he just doesn't fit what Cleveland's trying to do. Cleveland needs to have Jarvis Landry and a bunch of no-name speed receivers to make um, Baker Mayfield relevant again. Uh, that's that's my opinion. Kevin, what do you think? I think that I, – I think he's happier there than he was in New York because you say he's trying to stay relevant. But, I mean, Cleveland, if they can turn it around next year – will be relevant and play in big games. And I can see them doing that. This team has too much talent. This year was a wash. If they fire Freddie Kitchens in the offseason and bring in a better coach, I can see OBJ going, you know what, I'll stay. But if he doesn't, if they keep Freddie Kitchens go, you know what, That this year was a bad time. We'll give you another year to figure it out. And if not, then you're gone. I think OBJ is definitely going to leave. See – He's under contract for another three years, I believe, or two years. And I feel like if if a team knocks on his do- on Dorsey's door and says, hey, here's two offensive linemen and a draft pick, will you give us – or two draft picks and an old lineman, will you give us OBJ? He'll ship him out in a heartbeat. Because Dorsey's never been one to, like, you know, be sentimental about players. So – and you know what the problem is with the Browns? And I said this last week when Kevin's mic killed out. It's it's It starts at the top. From from the Haslam's all the way down to to the players, it's a culture thing. They've adopted this whole like look at me culture. They're that kid looking for attention, and then they're just screwing up when they get the attention. That's the way I look at the Browns this year. So I'm not sold on them, and I, I still kind of don't buy OBJ staying. I don't feel like he'll be in a Browns uniform next year. I said that last year about him being a Giants uniform. I got ripped apart for it, and I was right. So I'm going to stick on that hot streak of picking OBJ, his third team in three years. Savannah? Yeah, I agree. I'm not sure he's going to be a Brown next year. I think the idea of him playing with his teammate Jarvis Landry was like this huge thing. And Baker was kind of really in the media saying that, oh, he could be this great quarterback. And Odell's probably like, yeah, I'm going to get the ball. I'm going to have all these amazing stats. And he is just not performing with the Browns. He just doesn't fit in well with what they're trying to do. I don't think he's going to be a Brown next year. And like you said, if someone offers him because they take over the existing contract. So if some team has the money and they're willing to do the trade, I don't think he's going to be in a Browns uniform next year. A lot more teams need him more than the Browns need him. Oh yeah. I, I just named three contenders right there. LA Rams, uh, Philly Eagles, New England Patriots, all teams that would definitely ship out for him. Right. Um, even go down South, you probably throw in like maybe a, uh, <clears throat> Uh, not Carolina, and um, sorry, maybe a, like an Indianapolis, a team that would like a contender that would spend the money to go get him and make the moves. But anyway, uh, next up on the list, so the 49ers spent the radio host. This guy's name was like Ryan Green or something like that. I cannot remember his name right now. Um, and I heard the quote today, and I was laughing hysterically because it's so bad what he said. He goes. Lamar Jackson is so good at play fakes because he can hide the ball in his dark skin, basically. Paraphrasing. And the 49ers have suspended him. Reactions? That's a problematic thing to think, but you don't say it. Have a You're on radio. I assume this isn't the guy's first game. And even if it was, just because you think something doesn't make it a really good idea to say. <laughs> I, it's hilarious to me. I, I really think that um, it's it's just oh my god, it, it, you can't get away like. In this day and age, when you could, like, missay one thing and you get, like, crucified in the media, you just can't get away with this anymore. Savannah? Yeah, I want to say that people are, like, way more sensitive nowadays, of course. But what he said was just still, like, rude and just obnoxious. Like, you just can't say stuff like that. Even if it was before people started getting really soft and – like sued for everything and like just couldn't take any 
criticism or anything like that. This, he probably still would have got fired maybe like five, seven years ago when this like wasn't a big deal. What he just said was rude and unacceptable, really. Uh, the, by the way, for clarification, the announcer's name was Tim Ryan. So, yeah. Um, this isn't even about, you know, how everyone's oversensitive now and cancel culture and all that. This guy's just an idiot. That just comes off as a little wee racist. Only a little. Right. <laughs> just a tiny bit. <laughs> like, enough where, like, a guy like me who's part of that, like, just, all right, calm down. It's not offending you that bad. Like, camp is like, dude, really? I can't even – there's no way in hell I can even defend this by any stretch. I, I, I would I would really want to hear somebody try to defend this and not come off racist. That's how bad it is. So uh, this is just really bad. So, you know, the Niners getting ahead of this kid for them. Um, baseball news to so Savannah, if you want to just take a nap quick. Um, <laughs> Zach Wheeler of the New York Mets has finally moved down the uh, pike, and now he's uh, going to play ball for the uh, Philadelphia Phillies. Dude got paid, and the Phillies are trying to bolster that roster. They are trying to win now. And uh, good for Zach Wheeler. Finally playing for a legitimate franchise. And uh, the Mets tank is on, Kevin. The Mets tank has been on for years it's now. A fake, they were in a fake tank, though, because they always are like 10, like 5, 10 games out of the wild card spot. And, you know, they never get a decent draft pick for the MLB draft. And, you know, they always never really pull good free agents. It's, I mean, good for the Phillies. They got their prize last offseason with Bryce Harper, and they're doing something to actually make the playoffs this year after Bryce Harper's old team won the World Series. <laughs> I can, you know, I can we space for the, the Nationals won this year. Um feels like it's been like – it's only been like a month, but it still feels like ages ago. Um, yeah, I know. It's just – I love the move. I really do because, I mean, there's a lot – this is like kind of like a smaller name. We had Moustakis sound with the Reds last week and Gar- Grindahl sound with the uh, White Sox. We've had a lot of smaller names. Everyone's still waiting on Garrett Cole and uh, names like that to sign, but we're going to see what happens. It's – Winter meetings start in a few weeks. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. Oh, by the way, shout out to Belly of Sports for getting access to the winter meetings, by the way. So, big step for our company. So, uh, yeah, there you go. Um, last but not least, um, we talked about Chris Peterson on Tuesday. Clay Helton um, is going to retain his job at uh, the University of uh, Southern California. They said uh, this morning that he's going to keep his job and they are, they are extending for next year. Uh, I'm kind of surprised. They had a good they, – they finished 8-4 and four with good talent but not great talent. And honestly, for, at least for this next year, unless Urban Meyer miraculously comes out of retirement, there's no real option at coach to upgrade from Clay Elton right now. So – and they knew they weren't getting James Franklin, so I think this is, like, the smartest move for them. Yeah, I mean, also, they're two years removed from a Pac-12 championship, three years removed from being a top-five team in the AP poll. And, I mean, Clay Helton's helping out in some tight spots. 2013, Ed Orgeron resigns. He steps in. 2015, Steve Sarkeesian's put on his leave of absence and then fired. He steps in again. And I think just... I think if it was another coach, they might have looked into firing him and just taking a punt year and hiring some cheap coach. But I think part of this was a little loyalty to the guy after he's helped them out. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I like the move. I think, I mean, five and seven last year, not great, but they did okay this year. I mean, honestly, with USC, like, you know, USC is one of those programs you like to see be good in college football. The Ohio States, the Michigans, the Miamis, the Penn States, the Texas, Oklahomas. They're like the teams that have won a couple titles. You want to see them be good. The Alabamas, of course, Kevin, LSU, uh, Georgia. Like the perennial powers you want to see in the top 25 poll. So you always kind of – LSU and Georgia are not perennial powers. Who? LSU and Georgia are not perennial powers. But they're legitimate teams. I mean, yeah, if you want to go to legitimate teams. 
That's what I was trying to say. Like programs that are always around the top 10, top five every year. Even on down years, they're like the 20th ranked team in the nation kind of stuff. Like there's expectations to win the national title every five years. That that for those kind of schools, or at least expectations to be relevant enough to be in the conversation. But anyway, yeah. So good for you, uh, Clay Helton. At least for one more year, his job is safe. All right, you uh, folks, ready for uh, the fun part? No, I have a question first, actually. Go first. <laughs> this I didn't bring this up because you mentioned Howie Roseman's big secret plan to get OBJ in an Eagles uniform. Yes. Outside of that one Super Bowl win, he did nothing. He always it, he had some secret plan to bring whoever to his team. He also had his own secret okay, so plan I'm gonna, to build I'm a team that went 10-6. and six. All, right, all, right, all, right, all right. Time out. All right. <laughs> so, Howie Roseman, before he pulled off the two-year resurrection of this fellow Eagles team, yes, was a joke. Chip Kelly, that's why Chip Kelly was able to replace him, or else this wouldn't have been a problem. So, this year, he tried to prove a point about, you know, and he even they even said in the media he tried to prove a point by using his draft picks and the guys he got in the offseason. It backfired. He he would not move out. He would not give up a third round pick for Clowney, even though that's what the Seahawks offered him for it, which makes you scream. Um, he wouldn't ship out an extra draft pick to get Mike Evans, and he wouldn't give away an extra draft pick to get Ramsey. Three times he turned down All Pro players. Because he didn't want to give him an extra draft pick, which clearly when it's past when you get past the second round, <laughs> Mr. Mr. Uh, Roseman has not been the best GM lately. But he is a schemer, and I will give him the benefit of the doubt here. <clears throat> so uh, yeah, my point is he shouldn't be getting the benefit of the doubt. One Super Bowl, he got lucky. You can attribute getting lucky to one Super Bowl win. With the team you put together, if the coaching is right and if the teams can play, if the team can play well together, but he's an average to slightly below average GM in every other season he's been in. We'll see. Jury's still up. They outside of that Super Bowl season, they had one playoff win that they needed the Bears' awful kicking to win. <clears throat> like I said, we'll see. <laughs> Because the Packers rolled with Ted Thompson for 10 years, and he was considered a great GM. So before you roll, my boy, we actually got a title out of it without having to bring in the unholy like defense that they had that year. But let's kick off the APAC because Kevin's starting to annoy me. <laughs> because I'm right. When I'm right, Jared gets annoyed. I just get annoyed at you a lot. Um, yeah, because I'm right a lot. That's not true. All right. Really? So. First game, Pac-12 championship, Utah at Utah and Oregon. Utah is a six and a half point favorite. Savannah, Utes or Ducks? I don't know. I haven't really been following Utah that much this season because to me, I haven't really considered them a huge, like relevant like team. Uh, the fact that they've gotten to this point actually like really shocks me. But I've been reading up. <clears throat> Excuse me, I've been reading up on it a little bit, and I think I have to go with them. They seem like a little bit of a stronger team for what I've seen. All right, Grumpy, who do you got? <laughs> Did you know that when you Google Utah Utes, the first autofill suggestion is Utah Utes basketball? Because this is not a football school. They've only been relevant in football for, what, the past, like, four or five years? Not even. They've been relevant for spurts over that time, but the whole season, not generally. But I think this is a turning point for the program. I think they're going to beat Oregon. I don't think Oregon's that good. They're I think soft. Herbert's wildly overrated. Ew. And I, at least I can pronounce his name right. Shut up. But <laughs> I think Utah. I think Utah's going to win, and I can even see them covering. Oh, so um, I have them blowing out Oregon for three reasons. One. They have an SEC offensive line and defensive line size and strength wise. They're not they're not your usual pack. So Savannah was reading up on them. She said you like them. So I watched a couple of their games. They play like an SEC team. It's big. It's mean. Their defensive backs and linebackers fly around. 
making plays. They don't rely on outscoring teams. They are basically what they're an athletic version of what Stanford was during the Andrew Luck years, where they would just beat the daylights out of every Pac-12 team because half these teams play for speed. So with that in mind, I have Utah by ten, and they make it into the national title. They make it into the national the uh, college football playoff. Don't tell Paul Feinbaum that. You know what? The fact that he that 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 satellite dish head has still has a, still has a job is cracking me up, man. He looks like Dumbo with those ears. Dude, he's never getting fired. The SEC fans love him for some reason. Because he kisses the SEC's ass. And he kisses Alabama's ass for the most part. Yes, I do. <laughs> in his mind, part of the reason the whole country doesn't want to see Utah in is because the whole country wants to see Alabama in. No. Um, so I, I was asking some friends. Like I've been talking to a lot of people since Saturday, Kevin. Don't get upset about this. But I, I was asking a lot of got my friends who listen to my show, and I was asking a lot of people at work and at the gym. I asked do you really want to see – even my mother chimed in. She goes, I really don't want to see Alabama. And I'm like, okay, I, I hear that. It's, it's only because it's like, Kevin, they were such a dominant team for so long. Even one year without them may not be the worst thing. The key phrase of what I said was in Paul Feinbaum's head. True. That's I'm just reiterating your point. No, that's um, fine. Alabama shouldn't be in. You play two ranked teams all year and you lose to both of them. That, that's that's just a killer. Yes, they were they were close games. Alabama played LSU very close. If two were in the game, I think they would have beaten Auburn because those two picks by Mac Jones were backbreakers. But Tua wasn't in the game. He's not going to be in there for the college football playoffs if they were put in. Alabama so, in no way, shape, or form should be in the college football playoff. There you go, folks. The most lot the only logical Alabama fan on the planet, Kevin Langley. <laughs> All right. So I like that's a backhanded all, compliment, but I'll take it. We are all clean sweeper on Utah. Um, wait, Kev, you picked Utah, right? Yeah. Okay. My brain, I like, I'm trying to re- recollect for this Alabama rant. Um, Baylor, Oklahoma, Big 12 championship. It's Kevin. I got Oklahoma. I think Baylor's schedule wasn't that hard. I think this is one of the better teams that most teams would play during the season, but especially Baylor compared to their early schedule. And I think Jalen Hurts and CeeDee Lamb are just electric. And I think Baylor's going to have their hands full with them, give the running backs uh, space to develop and go off. I hear you. Um, I also have uh, Oklahoma. I do think Baylor will cover because it's a nine-point spread. And the last time these two teams played, it was a nail-biter. It was an amazing game. I watched like 90% of it before I like basically passed out. But um, I am all in this game. <laughs> I really like Oklahoma, though. I think they're going to be that fifth team that just misses out. I don't know. I think they if they can blow out Baylor, I can see them getting in over Utah, regardless of the score of the Pac-12 championship, just because it's the Pac-12. Fair enough. <clears throat> I mean, but I just think if if Utah does this and they win their championship and they beat Oregon by enough where it looks convincing, I think they deserve it more than Baylor or or uh, Georgia. Um, Savannah, who do you got for Baylor, Oklahoma? <clears throat> uh, I gotta go with Oklahoma. I just think this might sound weird, but I think they're more of a satisfying offense to like watch and perform. Jalen Hurts can run. He can throw. They have good running game. I just think that they're going to be able to pull this one out. Not easily, but I think it's going to end up being – they're still going to end up winning by, like, seven. Fair enough. All righty. We're all in Oklahoma. <clears throat> this is getting a little disturbing. We keep Everyone keeps picking the same guys. Um, all right. SEC championship game. Uh LSU is a six and a half point favorite over Georgia. I'm gonna start. I've been on these boys since week three. I they I have been riding I have been riding the LSU bandwagon, driving it, pushing forward through all the uh, Alabama's gonna smoke them hate and the they're gonna lose to Texas A&M <coughs> Savannah. Um, <laughs> I am driving the LSU and Joe Burrow bandwagon. Because my team's six and six this year. So with that in mind, I've got LSU by ten. Because 
Burrow is playing out of his mind. I love their offense and their defense. It's not great, but it's good enough where it can stop a sluggish offense like Georgia's. Mr. Yeah, I, got, I got LSU. I think um, I don't like Jake Fromm as a quarterback. I think he's a competent game manager at best. I'm also not impressed by this Georgia team at all after losing to South Carolina at home. And after saying all that, I don't even have to say anything positive about LSU, but I will. They have a great receiving core. Georgia will not be able to stop them. Their running back, I forget his name off the top of my head, is a good running back. He, he has ran two names. That's all I remember. Yeah. That's, I knew it was something hyphenated, but he uh, ran all over Alabama, and Joe Burrow is going to win the Heisman. Also, I love Ed Orgeron. He's my spirit animal. I hate the fact that I love him, <laughs> but, you know, just go Tigers. I would run through a wall for that, man. Oh, big time. Oh, yeah. Um, Savannah, who do you got? LSU, Georgia. I gotta go with LSU. I think that I don't think that <laughs> the clean sweeps. Right. I don't think that their defense is like this crazy. I think Jake Fromm's gonna know how to like like cut through their defense, and I think it's gonna be more of an offensive game. I think it's gonna be a decently high scoring game. So, but I think it's gonna come down to which offense will outperform. And clearly, LSU has the better offense, so I have to pick LSU. Fair enough. All right, let's hope somebody picks against somebody at some point. I know we against. This is the problem. This is why they need to realign the conferences a little bit because the ACC title game is so bad. It's been, well. I mean, I think next year it's going to be a little closer. I think that Miami's going to be better. I think that Virginia will be better. I think the Pitt will be better. So the Coastal, it won't just be Clemson. But uh, like, look at these games. We all like the the. Oregon's not physical enough for Utah. Oklahoma, Baylor's not an experience for Oklahoma. But the one game I feel like we could lose on is Baylor or Oklahoma. Honestly. Um, Jordan's going to get smacked by LSU. Iowa State, Wisconsin. Savannah, I'll let you get uh, all your uh, all your jollies out of the way quick. So uh, who do you got? Wow, I wonder who I'm going to pick for this game. <laughs> yeah, surprising. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with Ohio State. I think, well, they've already played Wisconsin, and everyone, if you're an Ohio State fan, if you're a Wisconsin fan, if you're a Big Ten fan, if you're a college football fan, you watch the game. You're was- rooting for Wisconsin, right? <laughs> yes, definitely going for Wisconsin. No, like, you, Wisconsin fans, college football fans, football fans everywhere rooting for Wisconsin. Oh, basically. Why? It's, you know, it's weird, because Ohio State is like a more sophisticated Alabama without the championships. Big emphasis on without the championships. But no, because Ohio State might be the second most annoying team and fan base in the country. Yes. Oh, no. I mean, this is biased, but I was going to throw FSU in that. But that's just because they're all inbreds. But um, no, like for the rest of the country, FSU isn't that bad. Just for Miami. You could go with Texas because the whole Texas every year. Yeah. And. Texas really hasn't been down. back since like 05. It was like Mac Brown for one year, and then they were not back. Um, yeah. OSU, their fans are extremely ent- act extremely entitled without any reason to be. True, and they also are like the deathbed of quarterbacks. Also, uh, I did say they were the second most annoying fans in the country because I can't put anyone ahead of Alabama for that. <laughs> I mean, they're, uh, Florida fans are pretty annoying too, Kev. You can't knock that. Oh, yeah, but like it goes Alabama, Ohio State in their own stratosphere, and then everyone else. Yeah, basically. Um, Alabama has the rings to back it up. I would love to pick Wisconsin, but I have no faith in them whatsoever. Oh, my God. You know, besides Jonathan Taylor, who OSU will shut down so fast, <clears throat> there is no reason for me even to touch Wisconsin, except for them to score more than be to lose by less than 16 and a half. So I've got Ohio State. I I can't I can't. We're, we got our fourth clean sweep in a row. It's it's really bad. The, these championship games are so lopsided. Even though I really thought about taking Baylor seriously, I might actually honestly change my pick. I'm, I'm trying to talk myself out of it. Um. Actually, you know what? 
I'm doing it. I'm going with Baylor only because, as my upset pick, because I have no idea what the hell I'm doing anymore, and this is just going to be fun. Oh, it's also in celebration of the fact that I get my license back in nine days. All right. Switching the NFL now. 49ers at Saints. New Orleans is a two-and-a-half-point favorite because they're at home, which basically means if it was in Candlestick, the Niners would be a four-point favorite. All right. Gents and Lady, who are you picking? Even though it's only two-and-a-half, can the 49ers be my upset? That's, like, such a chip shot, but I'll allow it. Because No, because, like, there's no other pick, really, that I think the upset could win. And also, Drew Brees in a dome is ridiculous how good he is. True. That's why I'm a little surprised. But also, the, Saints, this, the problem is with the Saints, they haven't, like, played, like, the Saints recently. It's been the Mike Thomas show, basically. That's it. Yeah, but I mean, I think Kamara's still good. I think, that, I think a home game against a big team, the Saints will turn it around and play their brand of football. But I think the 49ers are just too good on defense, and I think... Their run game's good enough, and Jimmy Garoppolo can step up when you need him to, but you just can't need him to that often. Fair. Savannah? I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo can step up like that. Clearly, against him, see him on the he just doesn't, can't do it. I think this game's going to come down to the wire. I don't know if it'll be as close as Ravens 49ers game, because that one was just too good. Uh, I think the Saints are going to win this one. They're at home. Uh, I don't trust Jimmy Garoppolo, and I know that the Saints know how to act against these types of defenses. They've played these these types of teams before. All righty. Um, I have the 49ers as well. Maybe it's because my best friend's a 49ers fan. Maybe it's because I love that pass rush. Or maybe it's because they smacked the daylights out of the Packers two weeks ago. Or um, because you want – the Saints to lose because your pick at the beginning of the season was they were going to suck. Um, That only has about 1% validity, validity right now. Um, <laughs> I mean, the, real the reason Saints is, aren't going to win the Super Bowl. Oh, no, no. The Saints aren't winning the Super Bowl. Um, there's two teams I'd pick over them, the NFC alone. The AFC, I have two teams as well. Um, and like four New- teams over them in the AFC. Mm, yeah, true. Uh, three. Uh, I'm not solely Kansas City still. Uh, but anyway, the thing with New Orleans is they've locked out. They've played the Falcons twice in three weeks. Um, and they still almost lost on their, on, um, on Thanksgiving, even though it was a Taysom Hill show. Um, I don't know. They're like that team that's just hanging around getting the light wins. I think the Niners are coming in to stop them. It, Cause that pass rush is going to get after Breeze early. And their secondary, we saw it against the Packers, is nothing to shake a stick at. So I am all for the Niners on this one. Why do you got to keep bringing up my team? Can you bring up another? Oh, no, because it was the most convincing win they had all year. Oh, so you were really high on the 49ers not being good and the Packers were going to stomp them? I <laughs> That's the other reason I was going to say it, though. <laughs> I'll say it. Oh, yeah. All right. Ravens and Bills. Uh, Ravens are only a five-and-a-half-point favorite. I would roll to the bank on that on that pick. I got Ravens by more than – I think the Bills are good. This is their definitely their put-up-or-shut-up game because week five they get stopped – no, not week five. Week seven or eight they get stopped by Philly. Then they go in on Thanksgiving and beat the daylights out of the, the Cowboys. That game was not as close as it looked. So I don't know what, what Buffalo Bills team I'm looking at. So this is going to be a telling game. Even if they only lose by like three points, I think Buffalo gets a little validity from the NFL. Like, okay, Buffalo can play. So that would be a good loss for them. Even in the NFL, there's really only a few times you can call it a good loss. But, uh, yeah, no, I got the uh, Ravens by 10. Lamar for MVP. I'm on it. Kev? Yeah, I think the Ravens are going to blow them out. I think – I mean – the Bills got beat by a horrible Patriots offense that the Ravens shut down and also they put up a billion points on the Patriots. And I think the Patriots have a better defense than the Bills. So I think the Ravens are going to roll up and just dismantle Buffalo. Take the wheels off the wagon. A lot of tables being broken on Sunday. 
Mostly out of anger. Basically. Savannah. The Bills are not the same team that they were at the beginning of the season. I think that they've definitely come together. They look better. I think that they're legit. I think that this is a good team. Now, I know their offense needs some work, and I think their defense is really good. I want to pick them just because I know that they feel like they have a lot to prove even after Thanksgiving game, but I can't pick them. i got to go with the Ravens. <laughs> I think that their defense and their offense is as they're so much better as a team put together than the Bills are, even though the Bills have come together more throughout the season. <laughs> All right. Um yeah, you know the other thing I noticed, and I was watching a little bit of a, a, a little Josh Allen video. I was trying to like watch, like see the difference in games earlier in the year. The Bills are letting him roll out and just like simplify the game. So a lot of people don't know this. When you play quarterback, if you roll out, um, you basically can it it, it cuts your options into especially like you roll to the right. Let's say there's two receivers or three receivers. You have four options: run, throw it to the three guys. So I know what the Bills were doing with Allen right now is they're trying to let him roll out and improvise because that's what he's good at. He has the arm strength to throw on the run 40, 50 yards, but he also can move, and he's a very mobile quarterback. So I think right now McDermott's allowing him just to move around and get guys open, which I think is helping him a lot, especially against Dallas, who, who pass rush is kind of eh. All right, next up. Chiefs and Patriots. Now, I stared at this game for 20 minutes. Uh, New England's a three-point favorite because they're at home. So, basically, this game would be even if it was a neutral site. I have no idea, so I'm going to go third here. Um, Savannah, who do you got? Chiefs versus Patriots. The Patriots at home is, like, a whole different team. If you think about it, like, they could have this wor- this horrible offense and, like, even not that good of a defense. And then they can come home and they'll literally blow you out. And I think the Chiefs have had trouble with the Patriots. So I got to go with the Patriots. Kev. I'm going to go with Kansas. No. Fuck that. <laughs> he he hasn't looked good as the season's gone on since that injury. That defense has done better, but still not great. I think this is going to come down to the Patriots defense. And I think they're going to stand up to Mahomes and do a great job. I got the Pats all day. All right. Um, I got the Patriots, too. And I had the Chiefs originally. And then I started to think about it about, like, an hour ago. I was like, hmm. Mahomes look like shit this year, like Kevin said. But also, teams are starting to figure them out. And New England is the best pass defense in the league. If he beats them, then Mahomes is back. But I think this is definitely his like version of a sophomore slump. So uh, yeah, I've got as I burp. Excuse me. Um, I've got the Patriots. So we have another clean sweep here, ladies and germs. All right, Monday night game. This is even the line right now, which is crazy because it's in LA. Um, Seahawks and Ray, uh, Rams. I'll go first. The Seahawks uh, are right now first place in the uh, NFC West, and I don't see them losing it. I think the Rams are going to get smacked around. I think their game the other night was kind of a a show against the Cardinals. It's the Cardinals. Um, The Seahawks defense has started to come together. They look great the last couple weeks, or at least good enough to hold teams to under 30 points. Russ hasn't had to win the game by himself anymore. They're running the ball very effectively. I've got the Seahawks by a lot. Also, I think Clowney's back this week. Or he was back last week. I can't remember. Um, but, yeah, I have Seahawks. Kev? I have the Seahawks. Rams are garbage this year. Seattle has an MVP candidate. Oh, between Russell Wilson and Lamar Jackson, the Seahawks are going to destroy them. Savannah. Yeah, I got to go with the Seahawks. This is a pretty easy game for me. The Seahawks are a strong team on – like, their defense wasn't even supposed to be this good this season, and it actually hasn't turned out that bad. They're strong. They're really strong on offense. They're decently good on defense. And I don't think the 
Rams like win over the Cardinals was convincing to me. People are saying that they're oh they're back, they can make a playoff run and blah blah. And I don't believe that. I think that it's the Cardinals. Everyone knows that they struggle. I don't think it's a convincing win, so I have to go with the Seahawks. Alrighty. Um. So that is the line right now. We've got our picks in. So, ladies and gents. Uh. So did everyone get uh Savannah? I don't think you had an upset. The Saints. The Saints are picked to win. Yep. Two and a half point favorites. I'm gonna do this to myself. So go uh, go pick an upset, and me and Kevin have gimmies. Kev. I'm going to do this because for some reason I hate myself. I'm taking Philly over um, uh, New York. I was about to – I was very confused for a second. I thought Philly, New York, whichever team, was favored in that game, and I was very confused. I forgot you switched to Baylor. Yeah, yeah I switched to Baylor. That's my opposite pick. Um, Kev, who's your uh, gimme? Boise State over the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors. Really? Okay, so yes. by the way, Hawaii's got a legit like a legit team. They're not crap. Yeah, hey, you just you gotta give some love to the group of five. We haven't really been doing that much this year. Also, that blue field though. That's dope. It's almost yo, well, how about uh, my boy Cowherd's alma mater, Easter Washington with the red turf? Well, I hate cowards, so we're going to go with the blue fields better. How, yo, why are you hating on Coward right now? Because he's an idiot. He's the only actual decent sportcaster right now that does talk shows, but whatever. Um, um, excuse you, Scott Van Pelt. Oh, yeah, sorry, SVP. He works for, the not, he works for uh, Disney, so got to give him credit where credit is due. Uh, Savannah, do you have your upset pick? I'm assuming that the Dolphins are not favored against the Jets, so I'm going to go with them. First of all, Let me check that before we go. Let me check this because okay. I'm, I'm not actually sure. Because last week kind of like put Miami back on the map because they're like, oh, they beat Philly. Um, Yeah, New York Jets minus five and a half. I'm sorry. Okay, no, that's fine. Um, I'm going to go with the Dolphins. One, because it has nothing to do with any like – Raiders, the Packers, the nothing, because when I tend to pick these types of games, I screw it up. And the second of all, I think Miami's high off of their win last week, and I think that they like the feeling about winning, and they're going to come and beat the Jets, and they've won four straight against the Jets. Fair enough. I actually like – I would take that pick too if I already, if I didn't take, take Baylor over uh, Oklahoma. All righty. So, Kev, do you got some weird stuff for us? I do. And it's a history one again, Jared. I know how much Yay! you miss Hey, I love history. On this day in 1943, do you know which NFL team, quote unquote, dissolved? Mm, some some major city with a team rename. Why? The Philadelphia Pittsburgh Steagles. Oh, yes. Okay, I've actually heard of them. I didn't know this was the day, but I knew – during the war, they were like a combined team. Yes. So during World War II, a lot of guys shipped off to war. So the Eagles and the Steelers couldn't put a team together. So this team was made up of players with a 3A designation, which is when they were the main source of income for their family. So the draft board wouldn't make them a priority. And it was later defined as a married father's child was born or conceived prior to Pearl Harbor. And then also just... People who worked in civilian occupations who were important to the war effort. And then those deemed unfit due to ailments such as chronic ulcers, improperly healed injuries, defects, bad hearing, and partial blindness. And this team went 5-4-1, and one, and I think it's hysterical that that third group was part of the team. <laughs> because that's what you want as a football team. Guys from the military say, hey, you have some real medical issues, so we're not going to draft you. Go play in the NFL. Well, there you go. And after that season, the Eagles got a team back. Pittsburgh did not. Because it once uh, the Eagles got a team back, there were two other teams that joined the league. So there were 11 teams. So the uh, Steelers had to merge with the Chicago Cardinals during the 1944 season. <laughs> wow. 
and they finished 0-10. Oh, man. Well, there, there's your uh, reason. All right. Um, whew. Uh, my last call tonight uh, as we kick this uh, smooth jazz. Um, I got a little non-sports uh, rant today. <clears throat> so, I, as you all know, listeners to the show of last year, I love Christmas. I love its... I was raised Catholic. I won't hide it. Um, I have a 11 inch cross tattooed on my shoulder. Uh, basically, I I, am, I was raised Catholic. I love the holidays. I but the, to me, it's about not in the presence. It's about being with family, people acting decent to each other. You know, you even, even met me and catch me and Kevin exchanging compliments instead of insults. Um, <laughs> I have Christmas lights in my room and a tree. I'm currently wearing a Santa hat right now. I'm not even kidding. I have an Eagle Santa hat that I wear on Sundays. Um, so, what beef I got is with ABC. My kickoff traditions at Christmas every year is watching Charlie Brown Christmas. Because, I don't know about y'all, but that number they do at the end of this at the show where they sing around the Christmas tree hits me in the spot. Man, I get all happy. I get all, like, you know, all sappy for a second because it's my favorite time of year. My birthday's on a holiday, and I still love Christmas more. St. Patrick's Day is just about drinking, but, you know, whatever. Um, so I had to find a bootleg copy off Google Drive to watch it tonight. I'm pissed. That's stupid. I don't want to, like, have to go on Freeform or whatever crap they call ABC Family now. I want to watch my Charlie Brown Christmas and enjoy my holiday season. So... That's my rant tonight. No sports involved. <laughs> because honestly, there's nothing really in sports bugging me right now. Honestly. Or like like the Lamar Jackson thing got me heated for about 45 seconds last week as I ripped the Cleveland Browns apart because Lamar Jackson's not my new favorite non-eagle besides Jadavian Clowney. Um, also, by the way, uh, we have some new Belly Up merch coming up. So uh, look out for that. And uh, yeah, that's all I got. You guys got anything else? No. Have you, ever right. seen, have you ever seen A Year Without Santa Claus? Yes. Yeah, the one with Heat Miser and Snow Miser. Me and my mom watch that one every year before Christmas. Um, so, Savannah, funny story. Um, my sister and me, we call each other Heat Miser and Snow Miser. <laughs> I am Snow Miser because I love it freezing cold. I annoy the crap out of my sister. And she is short, redheaded, and has a nasty temper. Oh, my gosh. It's perfect. Oh, yeah. So, in, my, in her phone, when I call, it's a picture of Snow Miser. When she calls, it's a picture of Heat Miser, and it's the perfect thing ever. So, I, 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 that movie's got a big spot in my heart. That's probably my second favorite one. I have a question for you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is to settle an argument that my dad and I have with my Stone sister. Cold Steve. Yes, Stone Cold Steve Langley. My sister loves Rudolph's shiny new here. That's the worst one of them all. Thank you. My, my dad and I constantly tell her that it is the worst of it was all the abominate, it was trying to make the Avengers of, of Christmas movies come on it was so bad and like Rudolph is a classic thing Frosty Frosty the Snowman is classic uh, Rudolph um, Charlie Brown Christmas classic You're Without Santa Claus classic Santa Claus is Coming to Town classic oh that um in Santa Claus is Coming to Town there's a musical number that they sometimes edit out in some years they don't and it's so trippy which one is it? It's the one... I forget the woman... The female's name in it. Um, oh, the one who becomes Mrs. Claus? Yeah. And she's in the town square by the fountain and just dancing and singing and, like, there's psychedelic colors around her and it's terrifying. Oh, it's... Because uh, they think she's on drugs. <laughs> yeah, I sent that to... Last year, they didn't edit out and I took a video of it and sent it to me and Jared's friend, Pat, and he was not thrilled. He was like, why? Why did you show me this? Because uh, Pat's just an interesting... Pat also, by the way, shout out to Pat. He is a loyal listener to our show. He listens every week, every episode. So Pat, my boy, me and Kev's boy, shout out my guy. We love you. Uh, yeah, we love you, buddy. Um, So yeah, uh, honestly though, yeah. Uh, Savannah, nice one. Uh, uh, you were that Santa Claus is probably my number two behind Shy Brown Christmas. Yeah, also, really- Die Hard is Christmas movie, by the way. Yeah. But by the way, one of the Marvel movies technically is a Christmas movie. 
Iron sorry, Man what? Three is Christmas te- is a Christmas movie technically. Yeah, it takes place around Christmas. So technically, it's a Christmas movie. <laughs> Alrighty then. Do I'd you have a favorite Christmas movie? Nine. Let what? us know on Twitter at Corner Booth Pod what your favorite Christmas movie is. Yeah, seriously, let us know. We're gonna put the poll up in about five minutes. Well, Kevin will because I am Twitter. I am, like my Twitter skills are how we put this delicately. Okay. <laughs> Hot garbage. Instagram. Okay. Facebook, good. Instagram, good. Snapchat, great. TikTok, great. Twitter? TikTok? Yeah. I, yo, I'm all about TikTok. We actually might launch a quarter booth TikTok. I am so about that. I would like to point out that the one that has to do with words more than anything is the one Jared's the worst at. <laughs> I'm good at talking, all right? I'm not, I, like, my grammar writing-wise is awful. And I went to school for journalism, ladies and gentlemen. That's awful. As Kev- Kevin being my personal editor, he wouldn't know. Yeah, your college should probably revoke that degree. <laughs> yeah, no, my college wanted me out of that school as fast as possible. That's it. We've been rambling. It's the 51-minute mark. Shout out to my lucky number. Uh, we will see you guys on Tuesday. Thanks for listening to the Corner Booth Podcast. Be sure to check us out on Instagram and on Twitter at Corner Booth Pod.